Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Averill. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. We've embarked upon a series called Empowered Evolving. It's a broad topic. It can encompass so many realms and domains. And as I thought about it, and in particular, as I thought about what I wanted to communicate with this series, I reflected on my own life. When have I evolved? When have I grown and changed, even when, in doing so, I lost relationships and connection and security? Of course, calling off my wedding came to mind. When you break an engagement, you've evolved in a way that's unexpected. Unexpected to your fiancé, obviously, your friends, your family, and even yourself. Evolving is very, very hard. I think evolving is always hard. I don't want to minimize the difficulty in any way. Then again, I want to highlight the strength and empowerment we gain when we evolve in the direction we're supposed to evolve. When we step toward authenticity, toward truth, toward hope, and toward joy and step away from fear. As I thought about Empowered Evolving, my friend Kylie Schmitz kept coming to mind. Kylie also broke off an engagement. She's in her 30s and her life looks nothing like she once envisioned it. But she couldn't be happier. She's here today to talk about her own empowered evolving. Here's a little bit more about Kylie. Kylie Schmitz is a high-performance sales coach at Lappin 180. She partners with executives, sales professionals, and solopreneurs to help them grow their businesses by embracing change. Her passion for emotional intelligence and behavioral psychology drives her success. She is a powerful motivator and innovative leader who speaks frequently on the topics of elite mindset development and self-awareness. Her broad skill set comes from an inner drive to continually question, challenge, and improve herself professionally and personally. She is a philanthropist, fitness enthusiast, and meal prep aficionado. My interview with Kylie Schmitz, right after this. I'd love to connect with you via my weekly newsletter. Joining the Love and Life email list ensures you're the first to know everything going on in the Love and Life family. You'll receive insider perk pricing for consultations and events, and it's the best way to keep in touch when I do what the research suggests is very healthy and take breaks from social media. Subscribe on my website, loveandlifemedia.com. And as a bonus, you'll get my free Empowered Dating Playbook. Kylie, welcome to the program. Thank you very much for having me. Wonderful. Yeah, we are embarking upon 
this series of Empowered Evolving, and you kept coming to mind. And I thought, let me reach out and call this woman and see if this is something that kind of resonates with her. And I was thinking, of course, of our shared experience of calling off a wedding, which is kind of a watershed moment when you make that decision that you are not going to go through with these plans that have been in place. And in your case, for many years, also in my case, for many years, we were with our exes for a very long time. And when you make that decision, it really rearranges a lot of your values and the way that you see yourself moving forward in life. And so I thought, I think Kylie's got something to say. So (laughs) thanks for coming on the program. And when you think about Empowered Evolving, especially let's start with, of course, your called off wedding. How do you see yourself evolving as the woman who is engaged to someone trying to make it work, then later calling off that wedding, looking back and reflecting on that relationship? How do you see that evolution that you've experienced over the last several years? Big question. Yeah, just, just, that's all. That's all. Just that. Stretch your warm up first. I don't know. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Okay. I look back at, I was with my ex for five years. And I think what I recognized about the entire experience was that over the course of the five years, I wasn't making any dramatic changes to who I was. The changes were just small compromises all throughout the relationship. And those small compromises just gave away a little bit more of me and a little bit more of me. And by the end of it, I really didn't even know who I was or who I wanted to be because I had spent so long trying to be the person that this other person wanted me to be. And I look back at the person that I was when I was with him and engaged and doing the things I thought I was supposed to be doing. And I am so much happier now. I am really owning my uniqueness, I guess you can call it. And I just feel so much more at peace with who I am and how far I've come. And no doubt there's still more growing and learning and evolving to do. But I do feel like at this point in my life, I am in a much more empowered place to be doing that. Yeah. When you were talking, so many things were coming to mind, obviously, because I lived that life as well. And I know five years of your life and you are still a young woman, but you were younger still. And and so you were still forming your identity in partnership. That can be a beautiful experience. But when it is at the price of yourself, and that's that tension I think we, we deal with as women who want to take advantage of all the work that our mothers and grandmothers fought for so that we could have this independent sense of self. And yet we still deeply desire connection and intimacy and partnership. And so I think it's sometimes hard to figure out what is a compromise that is really pulling me away from my authentic self? And what is a compromise that's just part and parcel of doing life with someone? And it sounds like that got a little murky for you at one point or many points throughout your relationship. It did. And I didn't, I couldn't recognize that it was happening when it was happening. It was only right. afterwards, 2020, that I was able to take a step back and really reflect on some of the choices that I made in that relationship. and some of the things that I accepted. And when I 
I don't know, it was probably a year or so ago, I sat myself down and said, okay, what are your values? Because there's clearly some things that are guiding you and making decisions. And there were some things that felt icky at the time that I ignored. And it really came down to my core values being fun, integrity, and learning. And when I look back at some of the ways in which we sort of drifted apart during the five years, I look back and it comes back to all three of those. One, fun. We weren't having fun anymore. It had kind of gotten stale, I guess you could call it, where neither of us were really taking an interest in the other person and we were both just living our own life but doing it together, but not really. And so the fun piece was fizzling out and the integrity piece, I mean, that was the straw that broke the camel's back because he cheated and I have a zero tolerance policy for that. And so it really just was a no brainer at that point that, I mean, this is not a relationship that, has a foundation of integrity anymore. And so that for me was really the point where I couldn't stay any longer. And there was complete conviction in that decision. And the last part of it, the learning piece was looking back, I was on this journey to grow and evolve and learn. And I was constantly finding ways that I needed to level up in my life. And I started doing CrossFit and I started eating healthy and I started taking courses on emotional intelligence. And I started doing all of these things to help me better myself. And I thought in the back of my mind, I was doing it so I could be better for this relationship or figure out how to make this relationship better. Maybe if I was more in shape, he would like me more or things would be spicy again, even though they were not. And that had been so far gone. Don't think that there was a way to recover that. But I don't know, I I started growing and developing and I thought I was doing it for him and for the sake of the relationship. And really, I was doing it for myself. And in the process of that, I was leveling myself up while he was remaining at a specific place where he wasn't on this path to learn and grow. And I realized after all of this was said and done, and of course, after I became single and was reflecting on all of this for so long, that we really were no longer aligned in values. Mm -hmm. To me, that's huge. Because if we were to have kids, what would be the values that we teach our kids? Well, we'd have to be aligned on that in order for us to be successful parenting and we just weren't any longer. And my only wish was that I had recognized it sooner, but it took what it took so that I could get to this point now where I have clarity around these things. And obviously using this information now moving forward in my dating process today. Yeah. And it's one of those things where no one would want to go through what you went through to get cheated on and to have that be the impetus to dissolve your engagement. But you sound pretty confident and solid in your reflecting back that 
yeah, it would have been nice if it could have gone down in a different way, but it still was what needed to happen. And it's, it's one of those things that's really, it's really tricky because I think of couples who are married and I think, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about dating and even engagement. You still have that chance to do what you did, which is to watch yourself as an individual and as a couple And are you maintaining that connection on those values? And I think it's really hard because, especially when you get to the point where we were, where there have been plans made. I mean, people are expecting this. There's been a ring. There's like, the train is moving down the track at full speed. And it takes a lot, even with what you dealt with, even with infidelity. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of women in your shoes would have said, okay, I can acknowledge that we weren't aligned the way we should have been. We weren't connecting. We weren't having that intimacy. We weren't building. We'll get this sorted out. We'll fix it back up and we'll go through and we'll just pretend this never happened. But it sounds like, again, part of your evolution was even in that moment, you must have been thinking, okay, I have to be really honest with myself the evolving I've done, the values clarification that I've been working on and then committing to my values, taking action toward my values of learning and growth and development. I'm not seeing this man do that. And I can't be in partnership with someone trying to drag them along to Mm -hmm. be who I want him to be and to be the person who's going to own my values. Because actually that's not really fair even. Like he needs to be him. Yeah, And that's a lot to sort through. It was. It really was. And I didn't even realize how much energy I was putting into the dragging during the dragging. Yep. I mean, yep. literally just dragging him to go to the gym with me <laughs> was yeah. a chore. Getting him to want to eat healthy versus want to order a pizza. I mean, I always want to order a pizza over eating healthy, <laughs> but Yes. If I'm going to be healthy and maintain a good lifestyle and live for the long term without any health complications, I have to do the hard work. And it just seemed like he wasn't willing to do the hard work. And I don't blame him for that because I think if it's the right situation, you're going to be willing to do the hard work and you're going to want to. And I think there are deeper things that go into that, maybe some self-esteem, self-regard issues that can contribute to wanting to better yourself or not. But when the infidelity happened, it was a no brainer in my mind. Like I deserve somebody that I can trust. And to me, that was just a line in the sand and he crossed it and there was no coming back from it. There was no reversing the damage that had been done. And I knew just playing out what my life would look like moving forward. If we did stay together every single day, I would be wondering, who are you texting? Who are you calling? Like who's chatting with you? Who's texting you? Who sent you a Snapchat? And I don't want to live that way. That's, that's (laughs) not something anybody wants. Sounds miserable. Yeah. 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 And I love how you framed it as how exhausting it is. And I think people don't understand, like you said, when you're in it, it's just become your way of life. And my story, I dated lots of people. And then now with my husband, it's the easiest, hands down, the easiest relationship I've ever been in. And Mm -hmm. I do, I stand by this. I know a lot of people in the dating relationship love space do not want to have this conversation. They want to talk, relationships take hard work. 
yeah, of course they take intentional effort, intentional energy placed to them because they should be, I mean, to my mind, the way that my value system works, my marriage is my top priority, my relationship with God and my marriage, top priorities in my life. And I needed someone else who had that same value system. And when you have that, and when you have someone who's also aligned with your values and a fully grown adult, and some people mature very early and some people not so much, but for us, we were pretty lucky in the sense that, and maybe people wouldn't think it was lucky, but looking back, I think it was lucky that we met and I was 40 when I met him. So and he was 46. I mean, we are fully formed adults. So it's like, this is who we are. So if it's going to work, cool. And if not, all right, wish you the best. But there's that effortless energy of just being with someone who is wired in a very similar way. You just have so much less to fight about. And I just think about your perspective. And again, you seem to be very willing and happy to take this very sad season and find all the good from it, which would be, okay, let me look at how I felt in that relationship, how I didn't feel like I was being myself, how though it was a really painful time, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. I can glean from that knowing, okay, that didn't feel right. So when I get into the right relationship, it will feel so different and I won't be exhausted all the time trying to drag this person along. So I think that there's so much that can be gained if we're able to go oh, that was rough, but there's always a silver lining and you're clearly wired that way to look for that. How about some of the other people in your life? Was this, because I know sometimes other folks are like, it's time to get married. So, and all relationships are rough. So, I mean, he'll, he learned his lesson. He won't do it. I mean, I don't, not sure you got anything that overt, but sometimes there can be some subtle kind of prodding from others who go, no, it's time. So just go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I definitely got feedback on both sides of this. Some people saying, no way you did the right thing. Good for you. Way to stick to your standards. And then other people are like, well, don't you think people deserve a second chance? And everything else is so good. So can you, are you able to just forgive this? No, I couldn't. No. Yeah. No. And it's my life. I don't care what anyone else thinks. I'm the one that has to live this life. So for me to like people please on a decision that's that substantial in my life, I just, I didn't care to listen to anybody else's opinions. Mine was the only one that mattered in this situation. And I think just to go back to what you were talking about with this being a a sad season, it really, it was, but at the same time, I knew that this was some sort of lesson that I had to learn. And I remind myself all the time that losses are lessons. And the faster I can look for my lesson, the faster I'll be able to move forward and in a positive, optimistic way. And after that, I just started reflecting and lots and lots and lots of conversations inside my own head with myself after this. And thinking through... Like, were there signs? Did I miss the signs? How did I not know? And then thinking back to all of the things that I compromised on. And I got into my new apartment with no furniture, no nothing, because I really hadn't anticipated having to restart my life unexpectedly. And I had nothing, but I walked into my empty apartment that I'm looking at right now. And 
I walked in and it was an empty space and it was my space and it was freedom and it was the happiest feeling I have felt probably ever because I knew this was my chance to start a new story. I remember, and it is, it's just, there's so many emotions and there's certainly a grieving of the life that you thought you would have. And certainly there is a part of us when we're looking for our person, we want that life. We want to have that person to do life with. And yeah, there can be that pull to like, yeah, I just wish this could have worked. But I remember, like you said, starting my new life and there was this weight like I felt like I could breathe again for the first yes. time. It like it'd been okay in the first couple of years of the relationship, but wow, that year and a half of being engaged, I didn't understand how much I had taken that energy of I'm going to make this work. I'm going to make this work. He's a good guy. This should work. This, I mean, this makes sense. Everyone knows it makes sense. We look great on paper, and I had kept stuffing and, like you said, these conversations in my head, trying to convince myself. <laughs> It was exhausting. And so finally, even though I was sad, there was a lot to be sad about. I remember being like, oh, I can finally breathe again. It was very visceral. I hadn't anticipated that, the somatic, like the bodily experience of it. Well, and even looking back, advice I would give to myself, I would have asked myself, are you making decisions to stay based out of joy or based out of fear? And when you make a decision to stay with somebody because you truly enjoy them and you have far more moments of happiness and just positivity, this person makes you better in life. And on the flip side of that, living out of fear because you're afraid of being by yourself or you're afraid of never finding somebody else who might measure up to this, or you're afraid because you're too old, or you're afraid because you want to have kids and the clock is ticking. Like all of these reasons based out of fear are not good reasons to stay with somebody. And I, I, I look at you and Dan and it gives me hope that there is this like real love out there that is possible and we can all find that joy. And I will hold on to hope until I find that for myself. And until then, I'm not going to settle because that experience that I, I went through is not something I want to go through again. I want to be happy and I can be happy on my own. I am perfectly fine being independent and doing all of the things I want in life on my own. And I don't have to wait for somebody to do these things with me in order to do them. So I'm not willing to compromise on those things. And it just gives me, it gives me hope when I see people like you and Dan happy and in loving relationships, because I know it's possible. That makes me so happy. I sometimes on my social media. Sometimes I hold back a little bit because I know that when I was single, sometimes seeing a happy couple, it can be a little, it can be like a little ouch. But I hear more so like what you're saying. No, share your happiness with Dan because it's like, oh, that is available. Because so often, sadly, 
I mean, I know I felt that when I was like in my 30s. I'm like, I don't even see too many marriages that look at like anything I want anyway. So I think I'm good. Right. So I, yeah, I hope to share to remind everyone who gets in that moment of like, I don't know, does a really good marriage exist? That yeah, there's really, there is happiness and to not settle. It is worth it to hold out for something that's really exceptional. Have you heard? You can now listen to my book, Single is the New Black. Don't wear white till it's right. As you know, I wrote the book I wish had been available to me when I was single. So obviously, it's not about how to snag a man. Rather, it's all about how to stay strong amidst single shaming and remain true to yourself and never settle for anything less than an extraordinary relationship. Find it on Audible or iTunes. And for a free sample, check out Chapter 11 of Single is the New Black in Episode 145 of Love and Life. I don't know if if this approach is right or wrong, but in my dating life today, I use discernment when I go into dates. And I'm not necessarily going in and saying, okay, what's wrong with this one? Like I'm going in and I'm saying, okay, let's be realistic. Are we compatible? I'm going to stay Mm -hmm. detached until I know for sure that we're in total alignment. And when we talk about alignment, I'm looking for five things specifically. One is that core values and faith being being a part of that for me, because I know if God's at the center of of our relationship, we are going to be strong. And I also am going to figure out what are your core values so that I know, are we on the same page? If one of your core values is family and you want to have a football team of kids and my core value is learning. And part of how I learn is I'm very career focused and career oriented and goal oriented. And I don't know if kids are part of that goal. So we might need to address those things up front. And I'm not going to try and force something because we want it. But really, ultimately, it's going to be a sacrifice later on. So values and faith is huge as number one. Lifestyle is huge. I mentioned going to the gym and eating healthy. I would like to be with somebody who shares the same lifestyle as me because we're going to fit seamlessly into each other's lives if we both appreciate health and wellness and being in nature and just all things about our lifestyle. And then goals. Do we have similar goals? Can we talk about our goals? Are we in alignment or are we maybe trying to achieve different goals that could be in conflict later on? And then connection, obviously physical chemistry has got to be there or have the potential to develop. I'm not quite sure about that one. I'm going to stay open-minded to it, but (laughs) I will say that connection is part of it. And then the last thing for me is communication because I do think that we had similar values. We had some similar goals. We had some differences, but we didn't communicate about the differences. And I think if we had communicated properly about the things that we didn't agree on, instead of just saying, okay, yeah, I'll try to be better about that. If me shopping on Amazon is a problem, I can say, okay, I'll try to be better about it versus saying, okay, I've got 
my buckets of money already planned out, I'm good. Like I'm going to, here's my budget. Here's what this looks like. And I'm okay with that. But we didn't communicate about finances. We didn't want to communicate about our connection fading. And I think if we had been honest and open about the issues that existed in our relationship, we maybe could have solved some before they got to be such mountains and far surpassed the molehills. So those five things for me are really essential. And those are the things that I'm always evaluating when I meet somebody new and start to date somebody. And I think there's potential. I'm looking for alignment in those things. And now I'm just communicating early and often. So if I see (laughs) what I call as yellow flags, if I see yellow flags, I'm going to call them before they turn into red flags, because I'll think a lot of times red flags are there because we saw something and then we wanted to ignore it, brush it under the rug, pretend it didn't exist. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm just going to call out the yellow flags. We can talk about it. If we handle that conversation really well, then great. That means like this is evidence that we have good lines of communication open. Yeah, it's the whole question about the list, which is basically what you just had those five things that you're looking for. And I was always worried about having a list when I was dating because I thought, gosh, I don't want to write someone off or dismiss somebody without giving them a chance. But the more that I'm in this space and I talk to a lot of the dating relationship experts and other psychologists who are in this field, I'm definitely on board with the list now because I think it does exactly what you said. It helps you clarify for yourself your values, who you are. I mean, you're not 21 years old. Like, let's not waste anyone's time. And it just helps you be real rational in the midst of falling in love, which we don't want falling in love to be so rational, but we still got to, what is it? Follow your heart, but keep your head with, or take your head with you or something. I've heard it put that way. So that really helps you just keep your head in the game when you are in that space of having that desire and getting out there and trying to meet someone, but you don't want to go at it with just the rose colored glasses. That's not going to be good for anyone involved. If you have just a few seconds to help me out, I would so appreciate it. You can do so by heading over to Apple Podcasts, giving us a five-star rating and a few sentences of review that helps others find the program and join the Love and Life family. I had a woman on recently in the first episode of The Empowered Evolving, Isabella Malbin, and she talked about values in a similar way. She framed it, and I hadn't really thought of values as a real great way to also fortify your own boundaries. She said, if you don't have values, I mean, you have them, but if you don't know them, then you don't have the opportunity to go, okay, wait, I'm in a situation. It's it's ambiguous or it's nebulous. I don't know. Okay. Let me go back to what's my value. And then my value guides me in how to behave and respond. And if I need to establish a boundary, boom. And it sounds like that's definitely what happened with your ex-fiance because you were like, by that time you were like, no, this is a deal breaker. So deal breaker. Did you have those values when you started the relationship with him? Or do you think that was part of your evolution as just a young woman growing and evolving in the context of that relationship? Or do you think that looking back, did Kylie have those same values, but maybe she hadn't just fully articulated them to even to yourself? I think it's the latter. I knew, I know even years ago in that relationship, I mean, I left 
jobs because I felt like the companies lacked integrity. So I knew integrity was a key value for me. I love to live life with this zest and have fun and life is meant to be enjoyed. It's too short to be unhappy. And so I knew that was something about me. I did not clearly articulate and define my core values until maybe about a year ago. And I got very clear on like any big decision I've ever made. It's come down to one of those three things, if not two or three of the three things. And so for me, this is my North Star. And it's guiding me in all of these situations. And my public speaking coach, Alex Rafato Perry, had me do this exercise where I wrote down my boundaries. And that sounds super vague, but she said, okay, what is sometimes okay? What is always okay? And what's not okay? Maybe for me in that relationship, I would have said, well, Chatting with another girl on Snapchat is maybe okay, but when it got to be a physical relationship, that is absolutely not okay. You know, in my mind, there could have been ways that we might have been able to salvage that relationship, but because all of these boundaries were very clearly crossed, it was not savable. And I knew. When I found out, I found out from her, she had sent me a message on Instagram and let me know what happened. And I got the information. I got in my car and I drove down the street and I called my coworker and I said, all right, I don't think I have a choice here. Is there anything I'm not thinking about? She asked me a few questions, helped me get my words right and say how I felt. And at the end of it, I was like, there's no way. I don't see any other path for me other than leaving and being single. I I felt confident in that decision and relieved. And the fact that I felt relieved told me everything I needed to know. Yeah. I'm writing that down. (laughs) That is so good. It's so great connecting with all of you via the podcast. And I would love to meet you IRL. If your organization is looking for a speaker for your next event, check out my website, go to the speaking page and see the content that I love to talk about. Just like on the podcast, in my speeches, I cover a wide array of topics grounded in psych research, of course. I'd love to meet you and share strategies for thriving in all realms of love and life with you and your organization. I cannot recommend Dr. Karen enough as your speaker at your event. As my keynote speaker, she completely set the tone of compassion, self-love, and authenticity that bled into everything we did for the rest of the event. She was incredibly prepared and present and went above and beyond when it came to sharing the event with her audience. Her knowledge, magnetic energy, and expertise while on stage is one thing. It will be everything you'd hope for and more for your audience. But her giving spirit and willingness to do more than simply show up when it's time to go on is icing on the cake. 
She walks her talk, and by the end of working with her, I was wishing she lived down the block from me for weekly meetups. For more information and to book me to speak at your next event, contact my producer, Tim May. Tim at loveandlifemedia.com. It's so interesting because I focus so much on my work all my cognitive stuff. And I know you're big into mindset as well. So I am so focused on your thoughts informing your feelings. And when you have an icky feeling going, okay, what's the thought that's fueling that? That's what I can change. But here we had that feeling of relief informing your mind like, okay, so whatever part of you that had been trying to stuff the reality of what your gut was trying to tell you. Finally, you're like, okay, I'm listening now. It took this really big event, but now I'm listening. Exactly. And now I just, I follow the gut feelings. I am a very intuitive person. I think we all are intuitive if we choose to listen to it, but I am a very intuitive person. And when something feels right, I know it's right. And if something feels wrong, I know it's wrong. I love that so much (laughs) because I think women, A, don't trust our guts enough. Maybe men don't either. I don't know, but I will just speak as a woman. I don't think we trust our guts enough. And I think oftentimes when something isn't right, we do take on the ownership of like, oh, it's my job to make this right somehow and fix it. And it's such a relief, like you said, when we can go, you know what? (laughs) It's I didn't break it, but it's broken and I'm out and I'm not trying to fix anything right now. Well, and I think to go back to your earlier point, it shouldn't be hard. No. We should not be in these relationships that constantly feel like a daily challenge because I've been in relationships that felt the opposite. Those are the relationships that stand out to me as being great. I think when you're with somebody that you are compatible with, it's easy. It's just easier. We have these hard relationships with people that we're not compatible with because we're thinking differently. We value different things. We want different things in life. We operate differently. We feel differently. I mean, and we're all human, so we're going to be different to a degree. But I think the more similar you are in some of these areas, then it's not going to be as hard as some people may think it it is. I think you're, I mean, to your point, always going to need intentional effort, but I mean, gosh, it doesn't have to be a daily grind for something that's supposed to be an added value to your life. Exactly. (laughs) Like it's supposed to enhance your life. Because like you're saying, like, I'm happy, independent. I've got my goals and my hustle and my drive and I'm doing my thing. And certainly I would love someone to walk hand in hand with me through this life. And that would be wonderful. But until it's someone who actually adds value to my life, (laughs) why would I sign up to be in a situation that brings drama? My girlfriends and I used to say, if he's not part of the solution, he's part of the problem. <laughs> I love that. That's so great. Because like, we were like, we got a good thing going on. So yeah, we welcome, but not if you're going to bring a lot of mess. <laughs> no thanks. Great. When I come across an empowered woman who's all about empowering others, I want to share her journey with you, which is exactly why I invited Brooke Mullen of Sapan to the program in episode 190. 
Zipan's luxury leather bags and accessories not only look good, they're helping make the world a more beautiful place by honoring the basic human rights of workers throughout their value chain. They fully embrace a regenerative business model that prioritizes personal empowerment over charity. And human rights is at the heart of all Sapan does. If you're all about this, buy a beautiful bag and uphold human rights life, head over to Sapan.com and use promo code love and life for 15% off your purchase. That's Sapan, S-A-P-A-H-N.com and promo code love and life. As you've evolved and clarified your values, how is it, we've talked about your romantic relationships, how about with other friendships? Has there been some parting of ways or distancing or also new friendships that you've probably been drawn to certain women because as you've clarified your values, you're like, oh yeah, we see eye to eye. That's a strong connection. I'd like to pursue some connection with that woman. Oh, completely. I mean, the other thing that I have gone through in the last year. I gave up alcohol almost a year ago. It'll be a year in just a couple of weeks. And after realizing that a lot of my friends were my friends because we were social drinking buddies and getting clarity around that was huge for me. So yeah, I have realigned a lot of different relationships because how I am spending my time is different now. And if people are cool with that, great. If not, I'm perfectly fine doing my own thing. The people that are meant to be in my life are still in my life. And the people that have maybe faded out were meant to. And I don't try to force relationships. I think there's other people that also want to spend more time with me because they want that positive influence of drinking less or not drinking at all. And those are the types of relationships that I get fueled by because I feel like I'm having an impact in their life. They're having an impact in my life. And we're both, again, making each other better. Yeah. And I think that can be a big one because so much of our social engagement and certainly in the work you do with business coaching, a lot of events, a lot of parties and fundraisers, all those sorts of things tend to center around alcohol. So I'm sure that's been something where there have been probably people who that was such a big part of their life that when you were like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore, it would be kind of a natural fading away. So, but like you said, if someone's meant to be in your life, I think that they would honor and respect your decision. So it kind of, it seems like when we make some of these, take a stand and I know you didn't do like, I'm taking a stand. You're just like, this is what I'm doing for me. Cause I just decided this is a better fit for my life. And it's aligned with my values and goals and what I want to do and what I'm about. But when we make some of those decisions that maybe kind of end up being again, a boundary, essentially a boundary for yourself, then you learn who's really, who your people are. Absolutely. And it's actually been peaceful changes in my life. I don't know how else to explain it. The movie, A Dog's Purpose. I think that there's people's purpose in life too, where you have a dog for a reason at a certain stage in your life. And I think people come and go in different stages of life too. And I appreciate the people that have been in my life, even my ex, 
I learned so much from that relationship. We did have some good memories, a lot of good memories. And I can look back on those with gratitude and appreciation for what they were and also what they've taught me. Yeah. Gratitude is so huge and something that I really see when I have conversations with people in my world, in my circle. And you just hear such a different tone from different people. Those who are really about gratitude, they can maintain an energy that is still enthusiastic and positive, even when their circumstances are quite dire. Let's just look at the research. The research shows that gratitude and contentment and happiness, they correlate. And who knows which comes first? Are you happy because you're grateful or are you grateful because you're happy? I think probably a bit of a feedback loop and I'm all about that life. So I love that. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. And I think as I date new people and with that token of appreciation and gratitude, each one teaches me something I want or I don't want. Think of it as like, it's getting me one step closer to the person that I'm supposed to be getting ready for. Yeah. And I love the reframe too of thinking every experience I can use to learn, hoping that, okay, I haven't met my person yet, but maybe he's on his journey and he's learning some things that are going to prepare him for me. So to remember that he's out there doing his thing. (laughs) And when you're meant to have your paths cross, it'll happen, although it can be rough waiting. But I think your energy and your enthusiasm for the dating process, which can be exhausting, but you're like, all right, let's just do it. I got my values. I got my list. I'm ready. (laughs) I think you have a lot to offer women who are in that same space, Kylie. So I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Any kind of parting thoughts about empowered, evolving, and any words of encouragement for another woman who maybe is going through kind of her own evolution and trying to clarify those values and all the things that we've talked about today. Any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, you're hearing me tell this story a year and a half after it happened. And trust me, I'm still in the process of figuring it all out. But I had some pretty crappy moments along the way too. It's not just optimistic all the time. There were some crappy moments along the way that I had to work myself through and haven't always enjoyed the process, but it's one of those things where I just continue to tell myself, enjoy the process. You're learning in this process. Learning is one of my core values. So anytime I can remind myself, this is a learning experience, it helps me shift my mindset. But I mean, at the end of the day, your attitude is purely what you're telling yourself. And so I try to continue to tell myself these positive things. I don't have my my person yet, but I have faith in God that's going to happen for me and it's going to be on his time. And so I have to just continue to put faith in that and remind myself during the challenging times that hey, you're in the process, try to enjoy it and focus on you. Be the best version of you. You are all about that mindset life and I am here for it. (laughs) Kylie, where can people find you, learn a little bit more about you, leave the listeners with a way to connect with you if they'd like to? Yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best way to get a hold of me, Kylie Schmitz, and I am a sales coach. So I stay primarily within my sales lane I don't do executive coaching or leadership or 
team building or anything like that. But I am always more than happy to nerd out on mindset or neuroscience or emotional intelligence or anything having to do with any of that, because I think it really is the key to happiness and manifesting your success. Love it. Thanks so much, Kylie. Thank you. The love and life hack for this week is values, values, and more values. I know we talk about them all the time, but how can we not? Values are crucial. They're key to dating, decision-making in general, and to establishing boundaries. And boundaries keep us empowered. So essentially, our values empower us as well. Thanks as always for listening. I've been taking an extended break from social media to focus on family time and mindfulness. As the psych research shows us, focusing on the present moment is so critical to our emotional health and well-being. That being said, be sure to sign up for the Love and Life newsletter so we can stay in touch. Our connection is really important to me. I don't want my social media fasts to impact the Love and Life family. The best way to stay in contact is to hop on my newsletter list at loveandlifemedia.com. And as a bonus, you'll receive my Empowered Dating Playbook for free. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen anderson April, and until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen anderson April. 